Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. This week's episode is brought to you by BoatersList.com. Boaters List is your new reliable and fast resource designed to link everyone to everything on the water. If you own or run a boat, you know how difficult it can be to find the right company for the task at hand. Boaters List makes it easy to find the service you're looking for. Locate anything from fuel docks to service repairs or rentals of large yachts or even paddle boats and all things in between at BoatersList.com. They will always strive to make it better on the water. Also brought to you by Bucks Island. Bucks Island has been in business since 1948 for all of your new and used boat needs, as well as motor sales and services. And now they have a pro-level tackle store. Boat and motor trade-ins are welcome. Visit them online at BucksIslands.com or give them a call at 256-442-2588. What's up, guys? And welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. As always, hope you guys are having a great week. Man, I'm going to tell you, these last few mornings have felt really, really good out. And, man, got that little touch of fall in the air. We know it's coming. Uh, I know that it's been uh, – I know our fishermen across the state have, have probably enjoyed not baking in the sun by 9 o'clock like, like they have uh, the, the weeks before. Man, the water temperature's probably cooling off uh, with the cooler nights, cooler mornings, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it is affecting the fish. So let's get right to it, and let's go up to Pickwick with my man, Jason Foster. What's going on, Jason? Oh, man, just enjoying the good life. Just living the dream up there, ain't you? Oh, I see it. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Well, how's the fishing up there, man? Anything changing? I mean, it's still hit or miss, you know. They're in a lot of transitions right now. Seems like um, getting them to go, you know, a few shallow in the morning and then going out deep. But I've been able to go back up shallow some during the day and fishing grass and still catching a few here and there. So they're not all offshore and they're not all up on the, you know, on the bank shallow. It's kind of that kind of that in between right now, which is uh, I guess it can be you know you might can look at it as a negative thing because all the fish aren't in one place, but you can also look at it I guess it's a positive too is that you know you can kind of pick your poison right. You want to fish right. You want to fish ledges or you want to fish grass. That's right. You can break up the the normal. You know I've been used to fishing ledges all day long, so now I can go throw a top water in the mornings or I can pick up a chatterbait. Fishing grass. I mean, they're all over the place. They're on bluff walls, buck dogs right now. There's, there's a little bit everywhere. Just That's awesome. Feel comfortable fishing. When you are, and you mentioned top water, and you mentioned, uh, you know, chatterbait moving up shallower. So, what is the? How do you decide, Jason, which one of them you're gonna throw first? Is it cloud cover or blue versus blue sky? I mean, what's your determinant whether I'm gonna go chatterbait or top water? I like to throw a top water right at daybreak. It seems like the biggest one you're going to catch of the day or, or biggest one you're going to catch that morning is going to be on the top water. We caught one this morning that weighed 5'3". That is the only bite we got on top water. But it was a good one. Yeah. It was a good, it was the right one. I mean, we kept the months and kept throwing top water. So, like, the guy with me, he threw it for two hours and never got another bite. But, you know, he caught that one that he wanted. And yeah. So I stayed with the chatterbait thumb, and it's just... 
you'll catch one here and then you'll have to go 100 yards, 200 yards down the stretch and before you'll come into another group of them and catch a few. Good. When you're throwing the top water, what, it, what, what were y'all throwing this morning? This morning we were throwing the shower blows. We've had a few this week on the panties and a couple on the spooks. What was the first one you said again? A Sammy, the walking baits, you know. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm not I'm not yeah, I'm not familiar with that one. I know the spook, obviously, and same type thing. Yes. Good deal. Good deal. Well, as the and, and then you're you know, you're fishing fishing the morning bite, and like you said, you can pick up that big fish on top water, throw a chatterbait a little bit, and then you go out to the ledge. Are the fish starting to move up shallower on the ledges or are you still catching them out there in the deeper water and how are you how are you catching them they're more or less on the sides of the ledge right now um been catching some on drop shots still carolina rigs doing good every once in a while i'll pick up a jigging spoon and catch a few real yeah. early it seems like between the six to nine o'clock time frame there's a lot of shad out there on those ledges, and I guess that's what holds those fish there throughout the day. You know, they know they can feed. So it's kind of hard to go fish ledges when they've already got that food there. Yeah, no doubt about it. And there's a lot of food right now for sure. Here's my theory on it. I always tell my clients, if you're sitting down eating a steak and somebody weighs a hot dog in front of you, what are you going to eat? And it's hard to trick those fish when they got, when they got the real thing there. It's hard to trick them sometimes, but. You can just keep coming back throughout the day, and those shadow finally leave that area. Pick off a few. Yeah. So, what as as we transition into the fall, Jason? You know, kind of what is that? Do you look? I mean, where do you look for to to, or what time do you look for the fish that are out there still on them ledges? When, when will they start moving up shallower, or will they? Uh, they will. We've got to have a good coast map. I mean, we've had fifty. Seven degree mornings, but it's getting back to 80, 88 to 90 degrees on that afternoon. So, whatever it cooled down that morning, it's just coming right back up in the afternoon. So, we need a good, cool snap where it's, you know, bring that water temp down to mid 70s. We're at 82 right now, 83. Yeah. We'll get that cool snap. They'll really get in a feeding frenzy, then a lot of them will pull up shallow. And they're going to follow the bait. So, whenever the bait really pull up to the grass and stuff for shallow flats. And so, you look, usually look for that when it's in like mid 70 range right yeah well man i'm look i was looking at the forecast looks like it's, it's gonna be warming back up again a little bit summer may never end brother but uh you know we'll, we'll get there we'll get there eventually right uh, maybe mid-october before we get there but we'll get there seems yeah. like we had august weather in july this year and it kind of made everything just a little bit funny man you, you're ain't kidding I, it, it, it was almost jason it was almost august weather in june you know it, it got so hot so early this year that it it really did kind of file things up and yeah still making it a long summer right and august kind of cooled down it felt more like you know october almost september october and then here we are back in summertime again so i mean so everything's a little confused right now yeah what to do. Yeah, it makes it exciting for you guys out there having to battle these elements. It's keeping you on your toes right now. Right, it's just don't be one-sided to it, but I'm going to fish out deep all day, and that's all I'm going to fish for. I might have a bad day if you decide that. And don't give it a chance to go fish the grass or go fish a boat dock or something else. That's right. Well, hey, the one thing we know we can look forward to at Pickwick is, uh, I mean, this fall rolls around. We're not too far from that live bait smallmouth fishing up there. 
Uh, it won't be long. Like I said, I believe that's going to have to have that cool front too, and it'll be, it'll be on. Yeah, it'll be on. Well, I'm looking forward to get up there and doing some of that. Hey, Jason, if somebody is going to uh, come up and fish Pickwick this weekend, man, what what would your tip of the day be? Kind of just look for bait in the area. I mean, if you're around shaft flickering and popping, you're in the right area. There's some fish there. Just slow down and fish them. That's always a great tip right there, brother. Well, man, I know you stay pretty booked up. And, man, there's a reason why. It's because you're very successful up there. If somebody is wanting to book a trip with you, man, what's the best way for them to contact you? They can check out my website at uh, ledgelifeguides.com or they can call my phone at 662-882-2103. Good stuff, man. Well, Jason, we appreciate you calling in as always. Great report from you up there at Pickwick. And, uh, man, stay safe out there, brother. We look forward to talking to you next time. All right. Thanks, sir. All right, buddy. Take care. All right, guys, let's take a few minutes and hear from some of this week's sponsors. All right, guys, great segment. Let's take a few moments and hear from some of this week's sponsors. Today, we're going to profile another common form of dock dysfunction, dirty dock. Have you ever cleaned up a nice mess of fish and then washed your wife's face in disgust when she sees your dirty dock as a result? It happens to all of us who are cleaning fish on old wooden fish cleaning tables that don't slope toward the water. You need dock enhancement. Killer dock fish cleaning stations are marine grade aluminum coated with a ceramic finish that makes cleaning your dirty dock a cinch. The scales and slime drain directly into the water through legs or through the slots. You choose the style. Check out the best fish cleaning stations known to mankind at KillerDock.com. And brought to you by NorthAlabama.org. Are you looking for a real adventure? Whether you are experienced or just a weekend angler looking to land a big one, North Alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition. North Alabama is home to eight picturesque lakes. Pickwick, Wilson, Wheeler, Weiss, Smith, Neely Henry, Lake Gunnersville, and Bear Creek Lakes. Each lake is well stocked with a variety of fish, and in North Alabama, fishing is great year-round. For more information, visit www.northalabama.org and click on Plan to download a North Alabama fishing guide. Welcome back to the show, guys. Hey, great first segment. Man, if y'all are going up to Pickwick, give Jason a call. He's a uh, does a great job up there, catches a ton of fish. You won't be disappointed for sure. And uh, exciting to hear that there's that mixed bite going on, right? I mean, you can fish the grass in the morning and ledges a little later on and catch fish in both places. And, man, it's just going to continue to get better at this point let's move on down the state let's move to the coosa river with one of my favorite guys not just that we got this whole war eagle connection thing but uh logan parks welcome to the show buddy how's it going thanks for having me man it's going good buddy going good man so you uh you you just wrapped up at chesapeake bay right yeah, we uh, just got home from Maryland, Upper Chesapeake Bay, and uh, we're already on the road again. But we had a good good finish up there for the last Bassmaster Open. Had a 13th place finish, so good check and some good points. And excited to get after him at the next one. Only got a few left. Heck yeah, man! So you're right now. You're headed to the Red River over around Shreveport, Louisiana. Yes, sir. That's the uh, next open. 
that's the next open and then uh yeah man getting close to wrapping the year up right yeah it is we got uh three opens left including this one we got this one on the red river then we got a week off then we got one on hartwell and then we get a week off and we got one on sam rayburn and the angler of the year points are shaking out you know i'm sitting seven points out of the top three out of qualifying for the elite series so we need to have three strong finishes here to finish out the season hopefully we can do it so you're three points out of qualifying for the elite is that what you said seven points okay that's not much man yeah not not much at all hopefully uh hopefully we do it this year i'd really like to make it next year they got an awesome schedule and i'd really like to be part of it Heck, man, we want you to be part of it. That'd be, man, that'd be awesome to see you make it that quickly. Yeah, so good luck, man. Go to go to Shreveport, get on that Red River and tear them up, and same in Hartsville and and back on Sam Rayburn. Hey, I got a buddy. I got a buddy on Sam Rayburn. If you if you need if you need to call me, we'll talk offline. I got a buddy down there. All right. He's even got a camp you can stay at. So I got you taken care of. That'd be awesome. He, he really does have a, he's got a, a really nice place. He's, he, uh, we played baseball together and, uh, he's been one of my best friends for a long, long time. And yeah, no kidding. He probably would, he, he would probably love to, to, to welcome you to, to stay there at this camp. If they're not, you know, I don't know if they're going to plan on being there or not, but we'll talk about that later. They catch a lot of big fish there for sure. Well, man, look, I know that this year's probably. A lot of sweet, maybe a little bitter to go with it too. I mean, you, this is this is it for fishing for Auburn, right? Yeah, I uh, just finished up our we we actually the week before uh, the Maryland tournament, so two weeks, two three weeks ago, we just finished up the college Bassmaster National Championship on Winyah Bay over in South Carolina. And mine and Tucker's uh, last tournament together, and pretty much I think officially my last college tournament ever. So. You know, not the not the number one first place finish that uh, you know we were hoping for, but I think we came in the top thirty. So, you know, not a bad way to end it off, and you know, just uh, truly a blessing to be able to do it for the last five years. It's taught me so much, and you know, developed me as an angler, and I wouldn't have traded it for anything. And you know, being part of the Auburn program and the Auburn heritage has been an incredible ride. Well, I know that you don't like to brag about yourself. But what run down that list of accolades that you've accumulated while you were at Auburn? Oh man, we uh, you know, we had a good year last year for sure. You know, just to just to be able to, I consider it the accomplishment just to make it to the Bassmaster National Championship. You know, it's not easy. There's a lot of people that don't qualify every year, and they give you like a little flag as a token of appreciation or just a token to have. And to be able to have five flags for every year that I've fished at Auburn, I think is something i'm really proud of um just to make it there and then you know last year tucker and i kind of went on a tear our worst regular season finish was i think 16th place last year and we were able to win the college bassmaster angler of the year as well as one of the regular season events and then you know not really college related but in november of last year we went we won the bass pro shops u.s open which was really really pretty incredible yeah, life-changing event. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. I mean, and y- y'all done y'all done so good. And and I know that you know, so it's a little different for you than than and possibly in some ways. I mean, when you you know you fish for 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 Auburn and and you're part of that team, 
and man, it's a meaningful deal, and it's something that you're you're always going to look back on with amazing memories, uh, amazing friendships that'll be lifelong friendships. And you know, I, I know that you know my last day playing baseball was man that last game, that last moment, that last out that was made. Man, I, I hate to even say it because it sounds silly to say, but it was one of the worst days of my life because <laughs> it's like, what do I do now? I mean, I, all I've ever yeah. done is play baseball. Now what do I do? Because uh, the the, pro, the pros wasn't beating down the door for a, for a guy that threw 82 and weighed 143 pounds, uh, even though I did better in, at Auburn than I ever dreamed I would do. I wasn't pro material, right? So at least you're in a little different situation than that where, you know, you've got some exciting bass fishing future uh, that's just as exciting and maybe even more exciting than where you've been. So it kind of makes that loss of the Auburn team, even though that still is a, you know, and you and Tucker have such a, had such a tremendous run and, you know, and there's that sadness of, of of leaving that part of your life but it's also you know you've got a lot of s- such positive things in front of you yeah yeah it was definitely a bittersweet experience you know i got a little emotional after that final day weigh in maybe i shed a few tears i don't know but uh you know sure. just, just to know that there's something there beyond you know what what i was doing that's bigger and better and it really helped i guess mediate it a little bit know that you know, this chapter of the book may be closing, but there's another one that's just now opening. And, you know, I hope to be around this sport for a long time. You know, I really, really want to make it a, as a professional angler, and I'm going to try my hardest to get to that level and stay there when I do get there. And, you know, that's what I want to do. So we're going to give it give it our all for sure. Well, you're going to do it. Hey, you're seven points away right now, right? Yeah, only seven places. Yeah, and you just started this thing. So, Hey, you're, you're going to do it, man. There's, there's no doubt in my mind about that. And, uh, you're going to have a good time and have a great career and, and, and a lot of success. Well, let's talk about fishing for a minute. I mean, we, me and you could talk about Auburn and memories and all that kind of stuff forever. Right. But yeah, the weather is, is starting to change. It, um, it ain't fall yet, but, but it's starting to change. Right. I mean, the water temperature is starting to fall. Uh, we've gotten some cooler nights, some, some good cooler mornings. Uh, what's that do, you know, when we're talking about Lake Martin, Coosa, Chain, uh, I know you've had an opportunity to, between all your other running around to at least go and fish a few times. You know, how does that start changing the way that you fish and catch fish? Yeah, man, it's, it's starting to get, you know, to that point where it's kind of, uh, you made it through the dog days of summer, starting to cool off. You know, might need a jacket in the morning. That's, you know, when it starts to get pretty good around the house. I haven't, you know, like I said, had a chance to fish around the house much. But I do know one of my favorite places to go. I know we, I said we'd talk about Lake Martin, but I'm going to throw you for a loop. And one of my favorite places to go in the fall is Lake Jordan and the Coosa River. You know, this time of year and probably about a month from now is, one of my favorite times to fish out there and just you know the transition to the fall starts to get cooled off the water comes cooling off and that's really when you can go to work on the bank you know with a uh with a swim jig it's one of my favorite ways to catch them and uh lake jordan is probably one of my favorite lakes on the coast to do it 
you can just find that, you know, like that main river grass that's close to deep water. And that's really an early morning thing, you know, right now with it being so hot, you know, try and run and gun as much of it as you can in the morning and hopefully, you know, get some of those bigger bites. And then, you know, when it gets hot, it's not really as good. But as the temperature starts to cool off, that water temp drops throughout the, uh, the next month or so, you get to the point where you can pretty much do it all day. And you get a windy, overcast, rainy day, man, that's, that's the day that they'll really bite. Well, on, when you're fishing that swim jig and, and you're fishing it, like you said, your main river channels, grass, how fast are you fishing that swim jig normally? Man, I like to uh, do what they call the Alabama shake. I, I'm burning it and twitching my rod tip as fast as I can um, to kind of just pump that jig just right under the surface, making it collide with the, the different, you know, the acoustic grass or the whatever the bank grass is and kind of roll off the stems. And I think that's really what triggers those bites the best. I like to throw like a 3-8 or if it's really, really a thicker grass, you know, I'll go up to a half with just kind of like a twin tail grub or something like that that'll kick off some water on the back of it as a trailer and i throw all my my swim jigs on 65 pound braid you don't need that heavy really but that's what i like to throw it on um i like a seven foot three medium heavy rod because i like a little bit of the tip and you know you're working that jig really hard so uh you want to find a light rod that's not going to wear you out especially if you're doing it all day and then like with the reel anything seven to three to you know eight to three to one ratio just a faster ratio because those things those fish will hit it especially on the coosa river sometimes you even get the chance to catch a big old spot on it and they'll take your jig and they'll be you know halfway to the boat by the time you by the time you reel down set the hook on them so you need to pick up a lot of line quickly um that's why i use that faster reel but uh yeah right now i don't really like to go back up in the creeks yet that's more of a you know, like when the water temp starts to cool off and that, the more the bait fish start to push back farther in the creeks. So right now I'm, I'm still mainly focused on that main river grass and, you know, grass leading into pockets or creek, um, not really way in the back, but, you know, at the mouth and leading in, those are some really good transition areas this time of year. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. And, and is, is there a color of swim jig that you prefer? I go back and forth on it. It just really depends. If it's a uh, if you're seeing a lot of shad in the area, um, you can throw white. I really just like a I like a black and blue with a little purple in it. That's just kind of my go-to color out there. But I, I mix it up. You know, I'll have two. On, sometimes I'll, if they're eating it real good, I have three on the front deck. And uh, you know, if you if you're practicing for an event and you're allowed to within the rules, or if you're just out there fun fishing. It doesn't hurt to throw one in the live well, especially if you catch it first thing in the morning. Don't keep them in there all day, but, you know, keep them in there for a couple hours. Let them go. Make sure you don't, you know, kill them or anything. But sometimes they'll uh, they'll throw up, you know, some forage in the live well, and that can really help clue you in what specifically they're eating. If you're seeing a lot of bluegill around the mat or the grass or whatever, you're swimming it around, and it's you know, clear water so you can kind of see some bluegill putting around the edges that's kind of went all out for more of a green pumpkin you know a little bit of orange purple in it just a more natural color um but if it's got some stain to it i always go with either a black and blue or a white yeah fishing a swim jig there's some similarities in fishing a swim jig to a chatterbait or to a spinnerbait right i mean you're fishing no the same yeah. same same area 
both just under the surface. When do you choose a swim jig over those other two options and why? Well, right now, you know, I, I, they're just so spread out with it being hot. I think they just transition throughout the summer. They're just all over the place. It's hard to find a good group of fish. So if I've got a good grass line, you know, on the main river that goes for a long ways, I just want to cover as much water as possible, try and get my bait in front of as many fish as possible. And you can do that with a spinnerbait and a chatterbait, especially a chatterbait. And, you know, if you're fishing uh, at a two-person team tournament, I don't think you both need to be swimming the jig either. I think that it'd be good to have one guy, you know, going down the front of the boat, hitting those isolated, you know, those points of grass, those key areas that those fish might set up on with a swim jig. And then the guy in the back of the boat, he can be parallel in that grass edge with a chatterbait. I think that's uh, some of the t- one of the there are two of the best ways to cover water this time of year. But you know, in September it's still hot. You still got 80 degree water, and you know, I, I really think that the fishing is so tough that you don't want to slow down. You actually want to speed up and kind of cover as much water as possible and try and make those fish react to something. And I think that if you do that all day fish fast and just cover as much water as possible you're going to get an opportunity at you know a decent limit of fish you know or at least getting five bites a day versus you know picking an area apart this time of year that's just kind of how i like to fish that's a very good point right there and and i think that you know when the water's still warm like it is and that you know and the fish have slowed down or we feel like they slowed down maybe they're just a little more spread out we, you know, a lot of times it's easy to go to in your mind. And I think a lot of fishermen, including myself, were like, okay, man, the fish just, they're, they're just not active right now. They're, I, I just need to slow down and fish, fish, you know, a jig or a Texas rig worm or something slow. But, you know, I, I like what you're saying because I like to fish fast anyway. So that definitely fits my personality better is, hey, throw a swim jig on and get re- and go after the react get the reaction bites instead of slowing down go the other direction speed up yeah yeah i, I that's what i like to do but uh you know you still got to fish the conditions unfortunately and you know i've been burned by it a few times on the Cusa, but that's why i'm saying about you know that morning bite can be really a good deal but it may also be like the best opportunity you got to catch fish right now and you know that later in the day is probably going to be a struggle if you don't have some wind or some cloud cover if it's one of those good call bluebird sky days you know you got to take full advantage of that morning because you can swim the jig all day and i mean you might catch one here and there but i found a lot of times i don't at least have a little bit of wind i'm just going to get a lot of blow-ups and they're not going to eat it so you really still got to fix the conditions and that kind of determines when I might actually slow down versus, you know, just running with what's working all day long. So you like fishing the swim jig or, or, or chatter, either one, in the windier conditions, overcast, windy? Is that that's kind of what you prefer? Yes, absolutely. I would say, you know, when the sun starts to get up over the treetops and you know, it starts to get, you know, time to take the jacket off, that's kind of when the fishing starts to slow down for me this time of year, um, if there's not any wind. But now, if you got, you know, a decent wind, I mean, you can throw that chatterbait, that swim jig all day. Yeah, that's good to know, man. That's good information right there. Well, stay on the road and uh, and, and keep it between the lines on your way over to Louisiana. You're going to be, honk when you go past Ravel, Louisiana. That's where all my family lives. 
and uh, you'll be driving through that right before you get to Monroe. And, uh, man, right. go over there and hammer them, dude. Get them seven points you need. Yeah, we're going to go and fish our butt off and do what happens, man. Good stuff, man. Well, hey, appreciate you as always. Uh, before I go, man, what's the, give me a tip of the day. I know you got one. I would say, you know, don't get caught up with, I probably said this before, honestly, but don't get caught up with what you did in practice because conditions are changing. No one's ever caught them, you know, today, this year, the first time someone's ever caught them today, if that makes sense. Like, you may have caught them, like, a certain way last year, but you haven't caught them this year before. That's a great tip, man. Buddy, I appreciate you as always. Good luck, and, uh, man, look forward to talking to you again soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, guys, let's take a few moments and hear from some of this week's sponsors. OutdoorAlabama.com. That's where I learned the basics of how to hunt and fish, including what's in season and which license to buy. Learn more at OutdoorAlabama.com. Go hunt, go fish, get outdoors. This message was brought to you by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. And brought to you by MB Ranch King. MB Ranch King hunting blinds and feeders are built to last right here in the USA. With durability and convenience in mind, MB Ranch King's maintenance-free blinds are built and constructed with high-grade steel and come in a variety of sizes to meet any hunter's needs. We also offer high-quality, easy-to-use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King. Built in the pursuit of perfection. And brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Are you frustrated by your typical hunting and fishing magazines? Are you tired of reading content meant for guys up north or in the Midwest? Don't get left behind following the guidance of guys who don't hunt and fish in your home state. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better Southern outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors Magazine can be found at your local Barnes & Nobles, Books a Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rule King, Bass Pro Shops, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Hey, another good segment. And man, love having Logan on. I know he's going to miss his college days at Auburn. And I mean, golly, what a decorated career he had there and uh man he'll he'll go down in the record books for auburn fishermen that's for sure and i know he's gonna do well on the elite tour and i appreciate him taking his time to jump on but man let's let's go talk about crappie fishing first two reports today we've talked about bass fishing i love talking about bass fishing just as much as anybody but man these crappie get me excited a little bit too and i don't know anybody better to talk to than my man lee pitts what's going on lee good morning how's everybody doing today i'm doing good man i'm enjoying these little bit cooler mornings and cooler nights and uh man if it's if it keeps cooling down a little bit more my next month's electric bill may be under four hundred dollars it could go <laughs> under man that's something we can all look forward to i tell Jeez. you what it's a these cool mornings it felt good like i said we've got to kind of cut everything off and raise some windows and that little bit of nip of fall in the air you know coming in it just kind of gets you want to get out in the gravels and kick around a little bit i mean things are things are feeling good out here ain't no doubt about it man ain't no doubt and uh 
We ain't there yet. We got some more warm weather coming. I think it's supposed to get back up in the upper 80s again, maybe even 90s. I don't know, but we're getting closer, man. We we know the uh, we know the cool weather weather's right around the corner, and that that gets us fishermen excited, and dang sure gets us bow bow hunters like myself excited. But it excites these fish a little bit too, doesn't it? You know, this is what we're looking for. Um, these, these shorter days, of course they help too, but man, when you get that little bit of breeze in the air and you can kind of roll your window down and you can feel it out there, especially even getting in the deer woods and little draws and you feel that cooler air coming through. That's what these crop here need. And they need that water temperature to drop down a little bit. Uh, we're still, uh, up here, you know, we're still in the eighties, 78, 79, uh, you know, that area right there, you know, main lake, that's what we're looking at. But but they're starting to. I can see them out there on my hummingbirds. I'm, I'm watching them and keeping a check on. They're starting to come up on some of this deeper brush, and that's what we're always looking for. So, yeah. that, you know, it, it's like you said, that little bit of excitement, man. It gets everything rolling. Yeah, no doubt. And and seventy eight, seventy nine, man. You're you're cooler than than most lakes right now that we've talked to in the state on the report today. Uh, most of them are still, you know, eighty two, eighty three. Yeah, we've had a lot of water up here coming out of Georgia and, and uh, some of the places. And, you know, hey, man, I still pray for them. The people up in Somerville, Georgia, right up from us, that all that water is coming this way. They had some bad floods up in their, their little country town, and it kind of did a lot of damage to it. So we didn't have any of those problems, but we got some of that water that came from it. Yeah, yeah, because how much on, on, on uh, you know, because you're mainly Neely Henry, right? Uh, Weiss and Neely Henry, yeah, the 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 two first lakes on the Coosa chain. Man, that's right, that's right. Y'all still get a lot of current through that lake, like the like like Logan and Lay at times. Yeah, we do. Uh, you know, see with us, we have three different rivers coming into Weiss, and we're the head lake there. So we've got the main Coosa River coming in, then the Chattooga, and then uh, Little River. You know, so all three mm. of those come in right there about mid lake. And and we have a lot of water, you know, when, when we have those spring rains and, and some of these storms, we got a lot of water coming our way. But I'm going to tell you something, Alabama Power does a great job with our lakes here. The, you know, a lot of people don't realize the, it, it's kind of like a poker game, man. They got to they, they gotta kind of see what's coming, watch that weather, know what to do to kind of keep us all safe here. But they do a great job with our, with our systems here on the Coosa Chain. Yeah, they do, man. They do. So this time of year, fish are starting to transition. Where are you catching fish at? What depth today? And, and how will that change over the next couple of weeks as we continue to to see this, this temperature drop? With that temperature changing, really the fish are still out in the main rivers. They're on the main lake, out in the channels, creek channels. Uh, some of your bigger tributaries that come in, you know, they're just sitting out in the middle and they I tell everybody, I said, man, this time of year, and especially in that August, these crappie hate one another. I mean, they don't even want to see one another. Man, they all bust out. They don't They don't congregate. They get just as far apart and spread out as they can. But as that water starts cooling down and, and that bait starts getting out there on those river channels, these fish, they're, they're looking for whatever cover they can find, where, whether it be man-made, uh, you know, the original stumps and and root ball systems out there or some wash-ups from the flood laydowns. And, w- and we're looking at some of that anywhere from 8, 10, 12, you know, where that river channel stair steps off that. 
And what I'm doing right now until they really start getting up around these docks is I'm doing like a vertical approach. I'm taking, you know, that, that big old Bobby Garland like a slab slayer or a baby shad, minimind or something like that. I, I want I want something that's got a, a little bit of size to it, but you can kind of make that tight little quiver and hold it over that structure. Right. So I'm just doing a vertical up and down, you know. Now, what are you, what, what, when you're vertical fishing like that, I mean, are you, are you pole and, and reel? Kind of what's your setup? I mean, I'm still using some light line. I'll, I'll bump it up a little bit from what I'm trolling with, but I'll go to maybe a eight, 10 pound test. And reason being for that, I'm straight up and down. And that way, if I get hung up, I can, I can pull that thing out of there a little bit easier. But I'm using a seven to eight foot loose, you know, and that like a, that Wally Marshall slab daddy or something like that, that has got a, a, a little bit of backbone to it, but it's still got that good soft tip because I want that thing. Uh, sometime I'm putting, I'm putting some weight on there. I may put like a, a half ounce or something if they got a little current moving, because the more I can keep that bait straight up and down, uh, and don't let it swing, I won't stay hung as much. And, and then I'm putting a small reel on it. I'm putting that loose speed spin light with a, probably that 200 series. You know, yeah. I don't need a whole lot of line capacity with it. No, uh-uh. not fishing like that. How long did you say a pole you were using on that? I, if I can get by with it, you know, I would rather use a 10, uh, uh-huh. 9, 10, something like that. But but I got a little bit bigger wingspan than most folks do. But some of them that aren't used to those longer rods, I can get by with that uh, 7, 8, 9 foot rod. And okay. the only reason yeah. I like to do that, I can back off of that brush a little bit. And they right. don't hear that uh, noise in that boat quite as much. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Man, that's good stuff. I, I appreciate you kind of walking us through that. But yeah, man, as we move forward, it's good to know that that's where we're, that's, that's how you're catching them now. And, and it's, you know, I heard you mention, you know, docks and stuff like that. They're not there yet, but they will be. And I mean, that water temperature gets down, what, maybe in the mid-70s, 74, 75, somewhere in there. Is that kind of when you look for fish to start moving up to a little bit shallower? It is, and what I do, too, I can tell out on that river when I see those fish, and and through the day, they're going to move. Like, if I have the old bluebird skies, and it's bright, and that sun's out, <clears throat> not much wind, those fish may roll off in that 14, 18, 20 foot of water. You know, so I'm keeping... That, that's when my electronics really, really, like I said, I, I keep an eye on them hummingbirds and I'm watching what's going on. Yes, the biggest thing is watching, watching where that bait's moving to. Right. But uh, as, I, as I start seeing more and more fish coming up, that's when I start looking towards some of these docks. And a lot of times I'll go out early in the morning and start fishing on the uh, the creek ledges and some of these drop-offs and, and you know, bends in the, in the river. And then once I start seeing these fish moving up a little bit, I know I can start getting in there tight on these docks. And I'm going to tell you something. A lot of people, they kind of overlook that October time, October, early November, these fish getting on that wood cover and, and even floating dock. But you can get in there and go to shooting these docks and, and put a put a whooping on them. Man, I had a guy on the show. Actually, he's my neighbor. Lives across the street. He was on the show three, four weeks ago. And he, he was a big bass fisherman, tournament fisherman. He started shooting these docks and he sold everything. He sold all his bass stuff. That's all he does now. And, uh, it, it, it's something about that light line. When you skip it in there and that, that line jumps, Hey, it's a, it's a whole different meaning. Well, and that's the thing, man. I, I he, when he told me, 
we was talking when, and I was like, what are you doing? He said, I'm shooting, shooting docs. I'm like, man, I have no clue what you're talking about. I said, well, you got to get on my show and we got to, you got to walk me through this, man. He's got me fired up Lee, because it all, I'm a big bow hunter. And, uh, it, this kind of almost brings both sports together. Exactly. It really does. Right. I mean, you got a yeah. target, you got to bend this thing, hold a jig and slingshot that sucker under there. You know, it's, it's, I, I'm looking for, I hadn't done it cause it's not time, but I, when he, when he gets right, Brian's fixing to do it. Me and that kayak is going to be all up on some docks. I, I'm going to tell you something. I had a guy last year and it was a kind of a funny little story. He kept on talking and, and he, we were from different. I'll just say, well, our accents were different. Right. And all of a sudden he's trying to skip it. And I told him, I said, look, man, you, you may make a hundred bad shots, but you make that one good shot and it skips in there just right. And when that line kind of does a bow in it and you see it jump, I said, that, that's like a golf swing, man. It You hit that one good one, keeps coming keeps back. Coming he kept back. telling me, yeah, he, he'd, he'd shoot it and he'd hit the uh, one corner of the dock. It hit the top of the dock, this and that. And he said, dad, got it. My torch is off. Dad, got my torch is yeah, off. Yeah. I said, what are you talking about, man? He said, well, I'm trying to shoot it towards that way, but it's going towards that way. That's right. My torch is <laughs> off. His torch was off. Yeah. Yeah. I so say you gotta, that ain't, you got to work on your torch. I say that in <laughs> golf all the time. I, I, yeah. I say, that's a golf lingo I use right there. Is, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I swing as hard as I can. Hit one about 320 yards. Everybody be like, Brian, man. That, that you hit that way off in the woods and i'm like yeah but do yeah. you see how far it went i crushed it i feel yeah. good about it that, my towards was just that's like, that's like my golf game i want to make sure i get to see all the course you know yeah, i just yeah. don't want to see right down the middle i want to see it all i don't care i just want to see how, how, how far i can hit it yeah that's it. yeah that's hey it. man that's good stuff <laughs> i'm looking forward to uh i want to get up there and do some of this do some of this crappie fishing with you when it gets right and uh, i'm about to make a Make a little short run up there and jump in the boat with you sometime. It's and I tell you what, I, I jump back and forth from from Weiss to Neely Henry. You know we're we're so lucky here in Cherokee County. You know I live here in Cherokee County, but that and Etowah County both, we've got the two of the best fishing lakes with Weiss and Neely, oh, and perfect. and I'm probably in 15 20 minutes i can be right down there at the other ramp at, at neely and 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 all right here i live on the lake at y so man i tell you what we've got we've got just a great fishery just, just right here close and we're we're just we're spoiled with them yeah it, it is a great a great fishery especially i mean with the bass but especially those crappie man i mean it's 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 as good as there is anywhere in the country hey while we're talking about that man if somebody wants to to come book a trip with you and experience some of this great crappie fishing at Weiss and Needley Henry. I mean, there ain't nobody better to go with or that knows that lake any better than you do, Lee. What's the best way for them to contact you? You know, the best way is just give me a, give me a call. My telephone number is 256-390-4145. You can look me up on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and just kind of check me out. And I also have the Lee Pitts Outdoors website page. So, but, uh, Best way to do, pick up the phone, give me a call, man. I like to talk to folks. Hey, and I think if y'all book a trip with Lee, I think you, uh, y'all already know you're going to catch some fish, but if you hear him on his podcast, I think, you know, you're going to leave it with a smile on your face at the end of the day and enjoy, enjoy the time you spend with this man. So Lee, thank you. 
we appreciate it at all as always buddy and uh stay safe out there man and i'll talk to you soon sounds good man thank y'all and i hope y'all have a great week all right same to you buddy talk to you later all right all right guys let's take a few minutes and hear from a couple more of this week's sponsors this week's episode is brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. Since 1989, Southeastern Pond Management has been a leader in pond and lake management services. If you own a pond or a lake anywhere in the Southeast, Southeastern Pond Management can evaluate the health of your pond and then work with you individually to put together the right plan to get what you want out of your body of water. Through electrofishing, liming, fertilizing, and weed control, Southeastern Pond Management is the one-stop shop to help you produce produce more healthy trophy fish than ever before. And if you're interested in building a new pond or lake, give these guys a call to help evaluate your land and design the best possible body of water for you. If you're anywhere in the Southeast, schedule an obligation-free consulting with one of their biologists by calling 1-888-830-POND or check them out on sepond.com. And brought to you by Photonist Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. The PD Pro Series is the world's smallest and lightest night vision goggles built around the Photonist 16 millimeter filmless 4G image intensifier tubes and our hybrid filmless 18 millimeter image intensifier tubes. These ultralight, ultra-compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. The PD Pro line consists of the PD Pro M 16mm monocular, the PD Pro B 16mm binocular, and the PD Pro Q panoramic night vision system. Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Hey, what a great show, man. Love having Lee on here. That guy's just so full of energy. I get fired up talking with him, and uh, I can't wait to book a trip with him myself and, and run up there to Weiss or Neely Henry and get some of them slabs and throw in the grease. It's going to be a good time for sure. Hey, guys, that's going to be a wrap for the show today. Stay safe out there. Be sure and enjoy some beautiful lakes and rivers that we are blessed with man god has shined on alabama and don't man this time of year can't be a better time to get out enjoying the, the the outdoors than right now so take advantage of it get out there and enjoy it and if you're enjoying the podcast please take a minute to subscribe rate leave us a review wherever you listen and if you'd like us to email you the podcast just text the word fishing to 314-665 1767 and we'll email you the show each and every week stay safe guys talk to y'all next week this week's alabama freshwater fishing report was brought to you by afco family owned and operated afco fishing apparel and tackle are designed to handle the harshest elements visit afco.com for on the water performance gear and brought to you by hilton's real-time navigator bringing you the highest quality online satellite fishing charts since 2004 your source for sea temps, altimetry, currents, and watercolor at hiltonsoffshore.com. And by Fish Bites, ready to go when you are, regardless of when you're ready to go fishing. This bait stays on the hook and the fish stay on the bait. Check them out, fishbites.com. And brought to you by United Bank, 
United Bank supports our farmers with financial products and services designed specifically for agribusiness. Learn more at unitedbank.com. All loans subject to credit approval, equal housing opportunity lender, member FDIC. And by LM Marine has something for everyone from small hunting boats, pontoons, as well as bigger bay and hybrid boats for the hardcore angler. Go visit them at 34600 Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama, or call 251-937-1380. And brought to you by North Alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition. North Alabama is home to eight picturesque lakes. Each lake is well stocked with a variety of fish, and in North Alabama, fishing is great year-round. For more information, visit www northalabama.org and click on plan to download a North Alabama fishing guide. And brought to you by boaterslist.com. Do you own your own company that needs to reach boaters, anglers, and marine enthusiasts? Sign up for free today to grow your business on boaterslist.com.